Now, this morning, me and Jeremy were talking about what we were going to title this, and we went back and forth. He didn't understand what I was trying to say when I kept telling this, but I was telling him how to make sense in a senseless season. Because I don't know about you, but there's been a lot of things I've walked myself into or I have found myself in that it just didn't make any sense. And I would look around saying, God, that's, this is not what I thought it was supposed to be. This is not what I, how I thought it was going to go. I have plans. And, man, this is so far from left field. Come out of nowhere. And, God, where are you at even in this thing? This is, this, I, when, when life just gets senseless, it makes no sense, what do you do? Well, just like any part of life, you've got to turn to God. And you've got to understand the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. And I preach a lot of different step series. And like one of the processes of your steps being ordered by the Lord is that word steps means that it is a sequence of events. In other words, he orders them and, and one goes first and two goes second and three goes third. He puts them in sequence. The steps are ordered. They're put in order. They're sequenced together. And so a lot of times I have found when I look back and don't know why God's not doing what I thought he ought to be doing. is because I thought he ought to be doing level number eight when we're way back here on level number two. And he is ordering, putting things into sequence, getting me to come to a place that God can do what he wanted to do instead of just make it about what I want to do. And so he is a God of sequence. Also, it is the word order means command. Our steps are commanded by God. You got to understand he's in charge. God is in charge and you will not get God's will your way. And you got to be willing to submit yourself under the steps that God asks us to live. There is an order that he has put into place. And if he's not God in your life, you do not get his way. Even Jesus said, not my will, Father, but your will. I don't want to go through this, but God, I trust you. I understand that if you're ordering, I'll submit to that. You will put the right piece at the right place at the right time. It will be in the right order, and we will get to where you promised me to be. Now, another process of that steps is that, yes, it says the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. But you understand that scripture can also be taken in this manner. He's not ordering me at all. My job is to take a step and whatever's supposed to be there, he's telling it to get there. Like when Isaac was laying on the altar, he had nothing to be able to do with that ram that God said, ram, get in that bush. God ordered the next step of his life. You need to understand this, that in the process, the step, the season that you're in, if you don't have what you need to get through it, God is ordering it in your future to come into place at the right time at the right moment. So our steps are ordered. It's, you've got to understand, God is in charge of this thing. But what happens a lot of times, because we don't understand, a lot of times maybe we don't see or we can't recognize, we have not got, as the word Sister Thelma says, got the revelation. Another way to say that is got the insight of God's order. What happens is we get lost along the way. And so today, really, it's not going to be that deep of a message, but what it's going to be is I want to try to maybe turn some light on, enlighten us in the order of God's process. And so to do that this morning, I'm going to go into the scripture and look at a couple of things. And I'm going to read just a bit lengthy. And I'm sorry, and you know me, when I read, I will stop and interrupt myself all the way through. You're welcome to do it as well. If something speaks to you, you can say amen. Don't want to argue with you. I got the mic. I'm right. You just need to know that. Um, but then going forward, we're going to go to Luke verse 24, verse 13. Okay? 
It says, Now behold, two of them were traveling the same day to the village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together all of these things which had happened. And so it was while they were conversed, while they conversed and reasoned. And Jesus himself drew near and went with them. I'm going to stop and interrupt myself right there. It's, 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 this story sounds really good up to this point. But then there were a word came into play here that lets me know they're in trouble. It said there were two guys walking down the road and they were talking about all the events that took place. And it says, and they conversed, they talked, but then they reasoned. They started trying to figure out what God was doing. I want you to know there's going to be times in your life you're not going to be able to understand or you're not going to be able to figure out what God is doing in your life. And if you have to live your life through reason, if you have to live your life with having God to reveal everything to you before it takes place, you're going to find yourself in the same situation these guys found themselves in a lot. A lot of the things God does in your life doesn't make any sense, but it always makes perfect purpose. God's always working purpose. See, God is a God of order. He is not a God of predictability. As a matter of fact, He will usually never do the same thing twice in your life. You're to do it, then He has the ability and the right to do it the way He wants to do it because He has bigger plans for you than what you expect. And so these guys were walking around. They were talking and they were reasoning. They were, they were trying to make sense of this whole thing. Now, you need to know, and that's what I'm trying to bring about for you today, that there's some things you're going to walk through in the supernatural world because we are living in a supernatural world. We live, we are supernatural beings, that not everything in the supernatural is going to make sense in the natural. And so if you have to have everything make sense before you're going to take part in it, you need to throw yourself on away. Because I talk on my cell phone all the time, talk to people all over the world, literally. And I have no idea what makes that do that, but I use it every day. And if you've got to understand everything about God before you decide to go forward with God, you need to realize you're trying to work through God in your reasoning. As a matter of fact, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. You just got to give God permission to be God. You got to give God permission to do it God's way. I love the idea that I live under a God factor. The factor that I live under, God can show up and supernaturally do whatever He wants to do, however He wants to do it. He can heal me when He's ready to. He can bless me when He's ready to. He can deliver me when He's ready to. And I don't need to understand how He's going to do it, but I do know if He's doing it, it's for my good. And that's what you got to come to the point of, that God is not going to be reasoned. There's going to be things just ain't going to make sense. I mean, I have no idea. What don't make sense to me is Jesus dying on the cross for me. Because I know me. And I would, I mean, and i got to be honest with you, why Jesus died on the cross for you? Because I know you. I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't make no sense to me. But he did it. And these guys were reasoning. And let me show you what happens when you have to live by reason. In this scripture, it says this. It says, so it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is it you're having with one another? Let me ask you that same kind of question. What kind of conversations are you having about the circumstances and the situations you're going through right now? These guys were obviously not having the right kind of conversations because God had to stop and put them in check about what they were letting come out of their mouth. I want you to know something. If you let everything that goes on through your head come out your mouth, you're going to find yourself on a road lost, not recognizing God in your life at all. Because your mouth controls what direction you're going in. And these guys were talking what they were thinking. 
If you talk what you think, it's a matter of time before you find yourself on a road you never thought you were going to be on. There's only one conversation, and I love how it lays it out here. It says, it's there, let's see, it says, it says, and so when he drew near, he says, what kind of conversation are you having with one another? You are walking and are sad. When you talk what you think about what has happened in your life, you will end up sad, depressed, let down, disappointed, brokenhearted, sick, death, Disease, all these things will come into play when you allow your natural mind to control your supernatural walk. You have to decide that there is a process at place. And if I am where I am and God is who he is, then God has a right to be God. And I don't get to put my two cents in how God wants to do it because he knows more than me. I can trust him farther than I can trust myself. And I have to decide this. What I let come out of my mouth will also allow what God can do in my life. Now, another point you can bring out here is he was running around with people letting him do it. Man, who are you walking with? Who are you talking with that are letting you talk about? I got to be honest, there's a difference in facts and a difference in faith. Facts may say this happened and this happened and this happened and I got this and this was going on. But faith says, but God said, God said, God said, God said, and I get to make a decision. Facts will always point to fear. Always. Facts will always end you to the result of fear. Faith will always end the result with promise. And so there are two prophetic voices constantly at work. Fear is going to tell you what's going to happen that hadn't happened yet. Faith will tell you what's going to happen that hadn't happened yet. And whichever one you repeat will be the one that you will begin to live after. And you better run with people that if you start repeating fear, they put you in check and say, hey, 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 that may be what happened, but this is what Jesus said. See, these guys walked with Jesus for a long time and they heard what Jesus said. He walked and he talked and he taught them and he spoke to them. And so they were talking about, yeah, he died on the cross and yeah, this happened, this happened. But nobody said, but he said this was going to happen. But if I just hold on and keep trusting in him, he's going to come back. You have to know, one, what God has said. Number two, you have to know what you're letting come out your mouth. And number three, you better let them know who's walking down that road with you. Because there are going to be days where facts are going to outride faith in your own life. And you need somebody to say, but that's not what God said. I got to have people in my life that are telling me that's not what God said, Cricket. I think that's why God gave me Jennifer. Because almost every day she's saying, Cricket, you ought not be saying that. Thank the Lord. I thank the Lord for wives, men. When we understand what their anointing is, you listen to them more. Because the Bible says he gave Eve to Adam as a helpmate. In other words, if I would listen to her more, I'd probably end out better than I am right now. The more I listen to my helpmate because she wants to help me do something right, she's not out to hurt me, control me. I don't know where that came from, but that's yours, free. All right. It says, he said this, what kind of conversation is it that you're having with one another making you so sad? Then the ones whose name is Cleopas answered and said to him, you are, are you only, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? Have you not known these things which have happened in these days? And he said to them, what things? And he said to them, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed in word before God and all of the people. 
and the, how the chief of the priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified. But we are hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things have happened. Yes, a certain woman of our company who arrived at the team early astonished us. And when they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said this was alive. Reason already. They already have been told God had done it. They've already been told circumstances have been changed. They've already been told this is going on. But their reasoning could not grab what God had already told them, even when somebody else is telling them. Somebody in here today is sitting in a situation going on in their life, and your mind is telling you what I'm telling you can't be true. Your mind is telling you that's for everybody else, but not for me. Reasoning is going to tell you that this will not work, cannot work, and is not going to work for you. But you need to quit listening to reasoning. You need to understand God is on your side. And God is with you even if you recognize Him or not. And so you need to listen to faith instead of reason. And then you'll get through what you're going through right now. But it says this. It says, so Cleopas, now verse 20 says, uh, 21 says, but we were hoping. If you're an underliner, that's so important. You underline that in your Bible. It says, Cleopas says, but we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Instead of besides all this, today is the third day since things have happened. Yes, a certain woman of our company who arrived at the team early astonished us. And when she did not find his body, came saying that they had seen him in a vision of angels who said he was alive. And a certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it was just as the woman said. But him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ who have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Jesus, they couldn't hear what Jesus said then. So Jesus went through the trouble telling him about it again. Jesus started telling them about Jesus again. And they still couldn't hear it. And then they drew near the village. And when they were going, he indicated that he was he would go a little. He had gone a little farther, but they constrained him saying, abide with us for it is toward evening and the day is far spent. And he went in to say to them, now it has come to pass as he sat at the table with them that he took bread blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were open and they knew him and he vanished from their sight. Go real quick to Matthew chapter 14, verse 19. I'm going to read it. It says, and then he commanded the multitudes to sit on the grass and he took five loaves and two fishes and looking up toward heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to his disciples the disciples he gave to the multitude. The disciples gave it to the multitude. Go to Matthew twenty six twenty six. It says this, and as they were eating, Jesus took the bread, blessed, and broke, and gave the disciples, and said, "Take, eat. This is my body." Let's go back to Luke. Read one more time. Twenty four. In verse um, thirty, it says, and it came to pass. As he sat at the table with them, he took bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them. And their eyes were open. God is a God of process. 
Today, you're sitting somewhere in the process of God. I don't care if you want to fight it, you want to believe it, you don't, you want to accept it. You're in the process of God. The Bible says God will faithfully complete the work that he has started in you. God is at work in your life. The Bible said it is impossible for God. It is nothing. It says nothing is impossible for God. Now, you got to draw that into this picture. God cannot be sitting in heaven today with his legs crossed, thumb twiddling his thumbs, waiting for a certain day or a moment for God to come and do something in your life. It says, for nothing is impossible for God. That means it is impossible for God to be sitting in heaven doing nothing. He is doing something in your life right now. And it is working a process in you. Because God wants you to become what He has promised you. And the only reason why God is at work in your life, because He keeps His Word. And if you let people God keep keeping his word. He will bring you from where you are right now to get you through the process to bring you to a place where you are exactly what God promised you to be. God is a God working through process. Now, the process that God works through, it's amazing how you can see him all the way through the scriptures. In the Old Testament, he always put laws and orders. In the New Testament, he puts the laws and orders of three. There's 70 different types of shadows. You can see the, the process of three at work in the New Testament 70 times. The Bible says this, there's faith, hope, and love. The Bible says there's righteousness, peace, and joy. There's the death, the burial, the resurrection. Three different processes, I mean, three-point process always at work in your life. Right now, you are sitting in the process of God somewhere in your life. He is either right now, He has taken you, and He has greatly blessed you. And if He has taken you and greatly blessed you, that is so awesome. Do you know why He does that? Do you know why He takes us out of situations that we had done messed our life up with, and He puts us in the kingdom of God and blesses us because he wants you to know how good God is. God will bless your socks off. God will turn your things in your life that should never be turned back around. God is a God that can make uh, mourning into laughing again, uh, beauty out of ashes. God will bless your socks off. But there are some people that have been through the process in here that are blessed, but you've moved on in that process. You, you were blessed at one point, but now for even no fault of your own, you have found yourself being greatly blessed, but now in a process of being greatly broken. It's like nothing in your life can work. It makes no sense. You did everything right. You've been doing everything you could. You might even have messed it up yourself. And God blessed you, forgave you, moved you. But then all of a sudden, your world begins to crash. Your world begins to fall in. Your world begins to just crumble at your feet. It's like no matter how hard you try to hold it together, everything is falling apart around you. You're going through a broken season. And just because you're in a broken season does not mean God has forgotten you. There's God is a God of process. Because if He has allowed you to be blessed, and if you're not blessed anymore and you found yourself in a process of being broken, you need to know this. It's a matter of time before He gets you into a place where He can give you into this thing. The purpose and destiny of your life. You need to understand in the process of three. The third dimension is always the greatest dimension. That's why he said this. In the process of death, burial, and resurrection, which one had you rather be in? I don't like death. I don't like burial. Resurrection is the greatest. He said this. There's faith, hope, but the greatest of these is love. There's righteousness, peace. I love those things. But I got to be honest with you. Joy of the Lord is my strength. Joy of the Lord is where the Prince of God is. The greatest process of God is the third realm of every process. So if you're here today and you're in the process of being blessed, hold on. There's a brokenness in your future. You say, well, Cricket, I don't like that. I'm sorry. 
God has more for you. God has more for you. He wants to use you in greater ways than you just having stuff. And in the process of being blessing, what God does is He allows you to have stuff. He begins to put stuff in your life. Great jobs and great kids and great health and great... But the thing about it is, God wants to bless you. He's a good, good father. And the thing about it is, He pours blessings on But the next season is this. He knows that the broken seasons of your life get you to a place where, you know what? I don't just need God for my stuff. If I don't got nothing, I still need God. And it brings you to a place that when you get into a broken season, it prepares you to get to a place where God can launch you into a process called the given. The given is not about you. It's about others. It's about you being able to step outside of your world and save people for eternity. You to reach back into hell that you came out of and the process that you've been through. Now you have the ability to reach back in and grab others. God gives you back to those that are lost for eternity. There is a process at work of God in your life. So we're going to talk about the process just for a few minutes. The Bible says this. It says that these two guys were walking down the road. Then it goes into detail. It's weird because they named one guy instead of the other. You know, I don't understand that. I guess one of them, Jesus liked more than the other. I don't know. I really think it was in there because he wanted us to see this point. Cleophas, that word, his name actually means glory or praise. Here we have glory and praise walking down a road. During a hard time in the season. For the last three years, these, lives were, these guys' lives were blessed. They get to walk with Jesus and talk with Jesus and see Jesus do great miracles and hear Jesus speak and do all these things. And their life had been blessed. When they were hungry, He fed them. And when they were sick, He would heal them. They were walking with Him for three years. But then all of a sudden, they go, through the ne- go into the next season or the next order of God's life and they find themselves not being able to see Jesus at all. And the first response Cleopas has, He forgot who He was. He was praise and he was glory. But that's not what he had coming out of his mouth. He had rational thoughts and processes. It don't make no sense to praise God on bad days. Now, when things are good, it makes 100% sense. Oh, God, you're so good. But in the bad days, it don't make no sense to let praise come out of your mouth. But you need to understand. This is what he said. They said, we had hope. They had allowed circumstances to get them to a place that they had given up hope that God was going to do what God said he was going to do. They had allowed situations to happen in a circumstance to let them give up saying that maybe this problem or this situation was greater than God. You need to know something. Broken circumstances do not have the power to change God. God allows them so they can change you. And if you allow them to change you, it brings you to the next season of your life that brings you into a place where God can use you. And so if you're in a broken time, the best thing you can do is grab hope to your praise. If you forget who you are, if you forget that you are more than a conqueror, if you forget that you're the head made you the head and not the tail, you will get hopeless. And it is hard to praise God when you don't got no hope. But you need to understand, you can't walk by faith if you don't have hope. And let me tell you who your hope is. Your hope is Jesus, whether you can see Him or not. You, your hope is Jesus, no matter what it looks like. Do you know why they had a hard time recognizing if Jesus was there or not? Because they had seen what had happened to Jesus. A lot of times we wake up and we find ourselves in the middle of a situation and we think, man, there's no way God can be God if he let this happen in my life. They saw it. You You know why they couldn't recognize it was him? Why they got to a place of hopeless? They saw him die. And the enemy loves to point out when God fails or when he tries to make us think God fails. Well, Well, God didn't come through. 
well, God, God doesn't love you. Well, well, maybe it doesn't work, but God didn't mean what he... When you, have you ever woke up one day and completely had trust in God the day before and then all of a sudden it looks like your greatest dream had just laid on the vine and died? Have you ever woke up one day in such a bad place that the water walker that was walking and refreshing the day before, now you've seen him die, be put in a tomb and put in a place where it looked like he'd been defeated? I've woke up on days where it looked like what God told me was going to happen. Whatever the circumstance I was going through was bigger than God. And it looked like the circumstance had killed the promise that God had given me. I don't know about you, but those are hard days to get up on. And I'm here to tell somebody this. If you're here on a day where it looks like your circumstances were stronger than your Jesus, no matter what it looks like, you need to make sure you remember who you are. You are to bring praise. You are to bring glory. And if you will keep a praise in your mouth, no matter what you got going on in your head, you will be able to turn this circumstance around because you cannot be beat as long as there's a praise. That's why the devil will get you to think that there's no way this can turn around. There's no hope in this situation because if he can get you to lay your praise down, he's got you defeated on that road right then. Not to go do anything for God in the future. But if you will just hold on to a praise. Somebody needs to know, you will make it if you will praise. You will get through this if you do not let the enemy take your praise. And it's hard to praise when you have no hope. So what you got to do is you just got to do what he said. There's times in your life where you have to just do what God told you to do. Whether you see it or feel it or not. And so these guys, they said, he said, you know what, I'm, I'm glory, I'm to bring praise. But man, this situation is so bad. It's hopeless. There's nothing I can do. Well, that what they should have done, they should have recognized that Jesus was with them. But they didn't. The Bible says that they did not recognize Jesus. He was there walking with them. He was there talking with them. But they did not see that Jesus was there. Have you ever woke up one day and went through a situation that was so bad or so heavy or so hopeless or so hard that you could not even see how God would be involved in this thing? If God was really God and if He really loved you and He hadn't forsaken you, there's no way He would let you get in this situation. They should have recognized Him, number one, because they should have recognized Him because they knew His voice. They had heard Him teach, it says. They had heard Him preach, it says. They had seen Him do. They should have heard His voice and knew. I may not can recognize you in this right now, God, but I hear what you're telling me. And I've been with you long enough to know if you said it, I can trust it. But they couldn't hear Him. Have you ever went through such an attack or such a battle in your life that you could not hear God talk to you? Man, I've been through things where I've like, God, just please speak to me. Please speak to me. Or maybe you're here today and you say, well, I don't even know if God speaks. Let me prove real quick God speaks. Everybody here, close your eyes. I'll prove to you God still speaks. Just simply say these words. God, do you love me? Now, how many of you guys knew the answer yes? Heard the answer yes. God speaks. You didn't tell yourself that. You're not that smart. Every time you look in the mirror, you tell you ever yourself everything that's wrong with you. Why would God love you when you did what you did yesterday? Why would God love you when you thought what you... See, that only could be God. 
You say, well, that, that, I can tell you, that wasn't the devil. He never wants you. He wants you to think God's mad at you. He wants you to think God's wanting to judge you. He's going to get you for it. No, you can hear God speak. The problem is, a lot of times the circumstances are so bad, we can't. God's speaking to you right now. I can prove it on another. Ask me a question, Cricket, that I don't know. Okay? Baby, close your eyes. Got him at the right place at the right time right now. You know you are. God's speaking to you. God's speaking. You can hear His voice. But there are times you can go through life that you can't hear God's voice. These guys couldn't hear God's voice. They couldn't hear Jesus talking about Jesus. There are times when I've went through such situations and such things. I'm like, God, I, can't, I, I can see it in the Scripture, but it just looks like words on a page because I can't hear you telling me what that word says. So what do you do when you can't hear God? broken season. But secondly, what they should have done is recognize the mannerisms, his countenance. Because you need to know this. Remember the old song? And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I'm his own lover. Here you go. He's talking to you. If he's walking with you, he's talking. Now, we may not can hear it because the storms of life and the waves and the battles are so strong that we don't hear it. So when you don't hear it, the next thing you need to do is you need to try to see it. They had walked with Jesus, and it says they had seen him do the miracles. They had seen him do this and that and that and that. But now they couldn't see. The last thing they saw was he was put in the tomb. They should have looked back. People were telling him, Jesus is not in that tomb no more. Jesus is not in that tomb no more. They should have went back and got another look if you got to go by sight. And you say, well, Cricket, how do I look back? Jesus, people I know have a certain mannerism. Like, if I know somebody well, I can, you can you can kind of tell by the way they walk, and talk, by the way they move, you know what I'm saying, their body. People have certain uh, fluid motions they do that are different than other people. They should have recognized the way Jesus was moving, walking down that road. They should have turned around and saw, recognized that it was Him by the way He was moving. They should have looked back over the last three years and remembered how He had moved in the past and been able to recognize that He's still moving now. If you're having a hard time hearing Him today, I want to tell you this. Look back in your past and look at the last time you felt lost, last time you felt defeated, last time you felt broken, last time you felt abandoned. And you will see that God was still moving during that season too. You should, if you can't hear Him, recognize Him through His voice, recognize Him through His countenance. The way He does and the way He moves. Because He's still moving. The tomb didn't stop Him. It tried, but it didn't. Now, they didn't see Him in that either. So the Bible says that Jesus didn't give up. I'm so thankful God is willing to get through to me when I can't even get through what I'm going through. You know, it's possible to struggle and walk with Jesus. Oh, if you ever meet a Christian that says, I'm not struggling, they're liars. Because I've walked with Jesus and He's walked with me. He's never left me, never forsaken me. But there's been a lot of days that I struggled through a lot of things. You can, it's possible for you to walk with Jesus and still struggle. But it is impossible to struggle without Jesus walking with you. Whether you recognize it or not. But the Bible says this. It wasn't until they came to a point. 
in this conversation that he said, Jesus said, I'm going to go on ahead. You need to know something. God's always going ahead of you. You can, you can count on it. If you hadn't got there yet, God's already been there. You don't got to worry about tomorrow. But it says they, they begged him not to. Don't, they constrained him, the Bible says, because they thought it was getting late. And obviously, Jesus couldn't take care of Jesus. And if he died, if we let you go out late, then you're going to die too. And so they constrained him to stay. And the Bible says this, that he said, okay. Because Jesus is willing to meet you where you are. If you can't trust him for tomorrow, he will stay here with you right now. And he will reveal himself in a way that you can know that he's here and he will be there as well. Then the Bible says this, it says, so he came in and he sat down at the table. And then he took the bread and he blessed it. And he broke it. And he gave it. And when he did, they were like, oh my gosh. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. We've been walking with Jesus. Now, why did they see it? How could they see it then? Because there are going to be things that you're going to walk through when you can't hear God's voice or you can't see God moving, but you can trust Him that He's there because of the process that He works through. He had shown them three different times the process. I take it, I break it, and I give it. And that was the process. That was His custom. That was the way He did the things that He did. And when they saw that Jesus took it, He blessed it, He broke it, and He gave it, the Bible says they were, and their eyes were open, and they said, that's Jesus. Now, how did they see it in that process? Because they saw Him do it when there were 5,000 people in great need, starving. They did not have enough resources to feed the 5,000. So He took it, He blessed it, He broke it, and He gave it. And 5,000 people's needs were met that day. The impossible was released through the process. But then they were sitting in an upper room. And he said this. He says, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. And he took it. He blessed it. He broke it. And he gave it. Now, let me tell you what that means. A lot of times, most of my life, I always say, when you do it as often as me, it meant as often as I pull that little full package back on my little piece of cup juice and I drink that and I remember what Jesus paid for me. I believe that's what he was saying to these guys because when he saw them do it again, revelation came in. And I want to bring in revelation. I'm praying that God open your heart and let you see something right here that maybe you hadn't seen before. That he wasn't doing it as often as you do communion. He says, often as you do this, as often as you find yourself in a season of blessing. As often as you find yourself in a season of brokenness. And as often as you find yourself in a season of giving yourself. You can remember me. And remember that I'm a God of process. The Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood. It says the Lord will raise up a banner. That banner or standard. That's a sign. That you might not can hear God today. You might not can see God today, but you know the processes at work because what you're going through is breaking you. Or what you're going through is blessing you. But you can know this, and it's just a matter of time God's going to take you and He's going to give you into a situation and everything will begin to change. There are seasons and orders. So when you find yourself in a process of brokenness, He says, remember, this is me. 
the very fact that you're struggling, it's me. There's your sign. There's your sign. Their eyes were open. Now, like I said, tonight, I want to move into what to do. But this morning, I truly feel in my heart that there's somebody right in the middle of broken. That you have been questioning, God, have you forsaken me? God, have you abandoned me? Have you forgot about me? Is it my fault? Is it not working because of who I am? Am I am I here? It isn't always going to be this way. Is my marriage over? Is my health gone? Are my finances like that? Are my kids always going to be crazy? Is it going to always be this way? God, do you even see me right here? You need to know this. If you can't see God, don't mean God can't see you. But in Genesis 21, verse 17, it tells a story about a God and the name of God. That's just what you need to hear today. The Bible says that Hagar and Abraham tried to fix it on their own. The product of it was Ishmael. And the way the story unfolds is it looked like he was about to get a pretty shabby deal. Because somebody else's act of their flesh has now got this person that was innocent all along in a place of harm. The Bible says that Abraham had to put Isaac, I mean Ishmael, out of the camp. And they put him into a wilderness, which at that time the wilderness was one of the hardest wildernesses on the planet. And they gave him a flask of water and a loaf of bread. That was not enough to get through what he was facing. I don't know who's in here this morning that feels like they're going through something that they do not have enough to get through what you're going through. But you need to know it's not about what you got. It's about whose you are. And the Bible says that Hagar, his mama, took the boy and put him under a tree. And then she moved over to another tree because she did not want to see the lad die. Is what the Bible says. The circumstances were so bad. That there was no way they were going to live through it. She didn't want to have to see it. The pain was already so great. She began to cry out to God. And the name of God that's given there is called El Roy I. It means I am the God that knows exactly where you are and sees exactly what you're doing. I'm here to tell somebody this morning the God of El Roy I is still actively at work in your life. He knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly what you're doing. And He knows exactly what's going to happen. And you're not there by yourself. This is just the process. And if God starts a process, the Bible says He will complete the process. This is just a part of being broken. But after the broken comes a given. Weeping may last for a night, but the Bible says joy will come in the morning. Somebody's just one night away from something changing in your life that brings purpose to everything that you do. If it's been so bad, the harder the ab, the harder the problem, the greater the victory. The greater the adversary, the greater the. 
victory. God wants you to know this. He's not just a God of blessing, but He's a God of breakthrough. He wants you to know that if you had never been sick, He couldn't heal. If you'd never been broke, He couldn't provide. If you had never been in a situation that you're in right now, you wouldn't have a Savior you could run to. He is El Roy I. And this is the way I want to close with you this morning. If you're here and you say, Cricket, I'm going through something that I feel like I'm alone and this situation is so bad, but I can see, I can, I can see God is in the process. I can see uh, he wouldn't let me be here if it wasn't taking me where I'm supposed to be because God's not a wife beater. I always say this all the time in Eldorado. He is not in heaven wearing a white tank top with stains all down the front, thumping people on their head. And the song Bad Boys, Bad Boys does not play in heaven. Bad boys don't go to heaven. He is not a wife beater. You need to know this too. Somebody in here, I feel like the Lord's own, you know, that he always pays child support. It's not miss one payment. Is God going to come through? Absolutely. He takes care of his kids. And if he's allowed you to go into what you're going through right now. See, we always try to put the word test. God's just testing me now. God didn't test Abraham. God trusted Abraham because God knew Abraham had what was in him to go through what Abraham he knew he had a hundred years of barrenness and he was going to be alright he knew he once he got a son that he had enough faith that the ability to have enough faith in God that if God asked me to lay him down I will it was a trust God allowed Abraham to go through do you know why because Abraham was given to Isaac as a father to teach him the nature of God. Abraham was taken and blessed. Abraham was broken when he went a hundred years without a child. And after he got to the point where he done messed it up in so many ways, he was given a child. But he had a child that did not know that God was a God of a process. That he could trust Abraham to do what God had told him to do. Because Isaac was going to need to know that even if I'm laying on a sacrificial bed, God will not let this be the end of me. He'll put a ram in the thicket for me. That ram was not in the thicket for Abraham. I'm here to tell you, you need to understand this. Because our thinking has been wrong. That ram was not for Abraham. Abraham already had his sacrifice. He was going to be obedient to God. That ram was put in the thicket because of Isaac, who did not have the years of faithfulness, who did not have the years of walking in faith. You may say, well, Cricket, there's God no God blesses Abraham's, but can he bless me? If you're an Isaac, if you find yourself in that, the ram was put there for you. God will take care of you. It's part of the process. God has taken you through. He will not let it end that way. But there's been times I needed God, when I was in the middle of it, to reach down and touch me on the shoulder and just say, I got this. Because it feels like a lot of times I go through things I can't hear Him, I can't see Him, but I need Him. And so what I want to do is this. I want to ask our prayer leaders to come forward this morning. And you say, Cricket, I'm in the middle of a mess. And I can't hear God. I know He speaks, but I can't hear Him. Cricket, I'm in the middle of a mess, but I can't see God doing anything. But you need a touch from God. For Him, for you to know that you're not forsaken and you're not alone and that's okay do you understand that's okay for you to say I need you God to touch me he didn't get on to uh, to, uh, uh, Dalton Thomas for saying I need to touch you 
God does not mind meeting you where you are. And I have a 100% convinced faith that if you come forward, you will feel and you will know God is with you. I believe He will touch you. He will put in you what you need to continue this battle to go on through. And you will come out the other side. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You're going to go through this season. But this season will not last forever. It will change. And when it changes, you will change. And when you will change, you will be something God can launch into your destiny that you knew you were born to do. You've been knowing all this time that there's something connected to me to do something great for God. But you've not been able to do it because you've been trying to get out of broken times. Accept the broken and let God be God. No, He has not forsaken you. He will not leave you. But He is going to use you in the name of Jesus. If you need prayer, Come up forward. If not, we love you. God bless you. We'll see you tonight at 5. You're dismissed.